Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to episode one of the divorce course. Hi, Mum. Hi, Laura. How exciting! <laughs> I know. And now we we're, we've actually recorded episode one halfway. We've already recorded a large portion of the uh, um, episodes, and the reason we've yeah. held back on this one is because. Um, mum's a little bit nervous because it's not really based on the law. And I know if you're starting from the start of this, mm. you're going to go, oh, this isn't going to be helping me in my legal situation. The reason why we've done this is why, mum? Well, I, over my years of experience, sorry, I've got a little frog in my throat, but over my years of experience, I've found that there are, in fact, four different types of relationships or divorces or separations, and that <clears throat> strategies and and outcomes can change depending on what sort of rela- relationship you've got. Mm. So so your legal advice that uh, and, the, and the legal rules that we're giving throughout the rest of the podcast mm. episodes on what to do at each stage, what we're trying to do is help you to identify what type of divorce you're having and what the personality traits yep. are, etc. And then in each episode, we are linking and advising you or giving you a hint, okay, if you are in this type of relationship, this will work for you, but if you're in this type, it won't. Is that correct? Yes, Laura. What I'm, what I'm trying to do, I guess, is uh, talk to people like I would talk to them in a, in a consultation. So I spend a bit of time with every new client finding out the personality type or the relationship type. Um, that they had with their partner. Uh, you, you get people who you know it's going to be amicable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's one, them, the, that's one of the that's types. That's one of the types, so that's this, right. So we've got four types. We've got amicable. Yep. We've got avoidant, which we'll go into. We've got controlling and manipulative, and we've got high conflict. Yeah. So, so let's talk about amicable first. I so, feel better talking about the amicable, <laughs> Laura. Yeah. So, if your divorce is going to be amicable, can you give me some descriptions on what that is? Okay. So, generally, uh, one indicator of an amicable divorce is that you've actually been able to tell the other person, and it's usually a mutual decision to separate. Um, it, it's characterised by really quite respectful communication and a sharing of information during the marriage or, or the de facto relationship. So um, if, if, if someone who's listening now hasn't told their partner yet that they want to leave, mm. um, and we do have the next episode on what you should be getting together before you do tell your yes. partner you want to leave, um, what's a good indicator that their relationship is going to be amicable? Is it that they're... What are some good indicators? I, I think a big, big um, key is: Are you nervous about telling that okay. person? Okay. You know, I think amicable really says to me that both parties knew it was winding up. Right. So you both. So it's not a surprise. Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So most. Uh, amicable divorces though everyone's aware it's going to happen or they knew it was coming it's not a surprise it's not going to be any nasty upset mega emotions like you still can be very upset and sad but of course it's not going to be gloves on fisty cuffs that's right let's let's get to court straight away yes and and look as relationships end perhaps um there's been the odd argument yeah and and little glimmers of 
the partner's approach to the separation and divorce will come through in those arguments. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, I'm afraid, think it's going to be amicable. Yeah. But once the other person realises the separation is final, they can change okay. in their in their approach to it. Yes, so some people mm. do change. So, yeah, mm. it's always good, um, like we've said in episode two when we're talking about what to get together mm. before you tell your partner, um, it's always good to have in the back of your mind, yes, you might be amicable now, but it might also not be. So just yeah. be aware. I think it comes under the um, hope for the best, yes. but prepare for the worst. Yes, and, um, and, and I, ideally in an amicable relationship, a divorce relationship, that means that it's going to go quicker and much cheaper, quick, and much more quickly, less stressful. Um, yes, and and the perfect one is where uh, both parties have had some legal advice, so they know what their entitlements are. They've worked out between them what they are going to agree to, and then each party approaches a lawyer to have that agreement drafted. Uh, drafted. Yep. And that those are the things that we can get in and out of the court. Uh, as in terms of consent orders in six or eight weeks. Yep. And if it's a financial agreement, about six to eight weeks as well. Yep. So those ones are the fairly straightforward. And for those of you who are just freaking out going, <laughs> consent orders, financial agreements, mm-hmm. what's that? We we do do episodes on those we and we talk about that and how to do that, how to get it yourself and, 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 um, and, and the ways to get your yep. things created. So don't stress if some of these words freak you out. The, the, there are episodes that follow. Yep. But it's really important that we help the listeners to understand that there are different approaches based on what you're relationship in divorce is going to be like so number two type is the avoidant yes so can you describe what what Mm. clients you see that have avoidant divorces so it probably is a little bit self-explanatory uh often it's one party who's avoidant uh sometimes it's the person who comes to see me eventually after the other side has other people have been trying to get make arrangements to sell the house or refinance or whatever it is over the years but they're the sort of people who are probably so upset or distressed they don't want to deal yeah with it so they put Uh, their head in the sand they do and they just ignore the fact that the other party wants to get divorced or they Mm -hmm. need to get divorced or they need to move out of the house or or something needs to be done they don't respond to lawyers letters usually yes Uh, they don't go and engage their own solicitor um, and they just um, do they stop speaking to the other client completely or do they so that your other Uh, party have not been able to contact them or that sometimes that's a kind of a real cutoff and some people do that um other times they they just continue to communicate as though nothing has happened right and uh, so denial as well it's really kind of denial it's it's so sad and but you know um when relationships end uh, often the avoidant person hasn't been happy either yeah but someone has to be the person who takes the steps sorts out the money, sorts everything out so each of them can move on in their new lives. So if you do think that you have an avoidant divorce relationship and either you're the avoidant party or the other person is the avoidant party, um, can you still get your divorce and your settlement and property and everything sorted? Yeah, can yes. that happen? So so I, I often say that if the other person just stands rock solid with their arms folded and squeezes their eyes shut tight and never comes to court, you can still get a property settlement, um, arrange for 
you know, the house to be sold or sell, sell the house or the, you know, transfer property to one party or another, you can still get your divorce. Even uh, if they do nothing at all? Even if they do nothing they at all. They keep their head in the sand and refuse to talk to anyone? Absolutely. That's fantastic. And, yes. that, and that's through the, the court system? Yep, court system's designed. Like what I say is these sort of, of um, situations have been coming up since 1976 when the, fa- the Family Law Court opened. And the whole structure of the court is designed to deal with all of these situations. So don't feel it's hopeless. I never want anyone to feel um, that, oh, it'll never, yeah. I'll never be free. I'll never get my money out of the house yeah. because of, you know, the other person. No, that's not true. It will happen. It will happen. It might just take a little bit longer than if it was a that's right. amicable Absolutely. divorce. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's another type, and we'll touch on the other two, and then we'll go back into depth for the others. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, another uh, type of uh, divorce that you've come across is the high conflict. Mm. Um, can you give me a description or describe to everyone listening what what kind of things should they be expecting or seeing if they've got high conflict in their divorce. Yeah. It's it's generally a situation where one of the parties has been disrespected in the relationship. Right. Uh, or as one of my old bosses said to me, some people spoil their partners and let them get away with everything. So, right. so as soon as the person who is usually passive mm. uh, stops giving in mm. to keep the peace, everyone knows the situation. We, we might, it might not be our partners, it might be friends, but where you know the best thing to do is just be quiet. Yeah. But as soon as you start to speak your truth, then the other side burrs up. Right. So that, I think people will sometimes surprised if it's high conflict, but more often than not, they know it's going to be hard. And and you've mentioned to me before, for my other friends in relationships, it's a, it's a good indicator that usually uh, what your relationship is like mm-hmm. is going to be times 10, times 1,000 during the divorce process. Yep. So if you are constantly fighting uh, in your relationship during, it's going to be even more so. It can so, be. Yeah. It can be. And and another indicator is how the other party deals with people in their lives. You yeah. know, do they talk to their parents? Yeah. Uh, are they always fighting with their sisters and brothers? Do they cut people off? Yeah. Those sort of people are high conflict. Yeah. Um, and then your, your separation will be high conflict. Uh, what you need in a circumstance like that is to have uh, a lawyer who can keep their cool, not mm-hmm. get involved in the, the silliness, and just firmly and strongly progress your case yeah. along that conveyor belt to the day when final orders are made or by agreement or by the court and you've got your freedom. Right. Mm. And and with high conflict, it, um, I've, I've had some friends go through divorce and I've seen where they there's this constant texting and um, yes. messaging and yelling. And so what, what do you advise to people who are at the moment dealing with that in their mm. divorce or separation beginnings and middles? Well, it's important that you can't control the other person, right? Yep. So you control your responses. One thing I suggest to people if they're feeling sort of very beleaguered or bullied is to only answer the text messages once a week or the mm-hmm. emails once a week. Just don't get into that with into it with them. It's hard if you've got kids, but you could use apps like uh, the Our Children app. There are mm-hmm. other apps like that where you can choose to log in once a week or every second day. 
uh, we used to say, just turn your phone off. That's not feasible. Can't but some people, no, but some people get a new phone yep. and leave the old phone, the number of which your partner, ex-partner's got, and leave it at home and only look at it when you're prepared for it. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, yeah. It's just a form of control, yeah. really. Well, and that takes us into the other type mm. of um, uh, divorces that you've seen, and that's the um, controlling and manipulative. Yes. So uh, can you give us a description of so that someone's aware if they're in a controlling or manipulative mm. relationship and their divorce is going to also be that kind of thing? Mm. What, what should they be looking out for? The, the thing to look out for, I think, is, is your doubts. So a controlling and manipulative partner, they've been with you for some time, they know exactly how you work and they know exactly what to say to make you perhaps doubt yourself or, you know, they might be trying to get you to come back mm. um, and they'll be, can be as nice as pie or they can uh, mention things that are real triggers for you. Uh, sometimes they can be the first people to tell your parents, for instance, or your friends that, the sep- that you are separated. Mm. And they put their spin on things so that by the time you get to tell your family or friends, they've already heard the version from and, the controlling and manipulative And they person. become team X. They become team X instead of team Y. It's very hurtful. Uh, but remember, you were probably... Uh, fooled by the controlling and manipulative person through your relationship. So if if you're a person who's been married to that sort of person or de facto with that sort of person, don't be too hard on your family and friends. Uh, I dare say um, one of the common, most common comments I get is that my mother or my father, uh, my sister didn't believe me because I never used to tell them. And, mm. and so the controlling and manipulative person will rely on that. Uh, it's hard to see when you're in it, though. Yeah. And uh, it'll be characterised by really nice text messages, uh, wishing to meet up for coffee, uh, you know, what seeming inquiring about your, your well-being, but also uh, having an alarming amount of knowledge about where you've been and who you're talking to and, and you know, cutting off access to money. That's mm-hmm. a relationship uh, of a controlling and manipulative relationship. Uh, perhaps well, you were describing you down that as a good good boy bad boy um, yes. technique that sometimes it, is used. What's it, that technique? Right. Well, it's it's my words, but yeah. you know, say you're relying on um, your say a man is relying on his uh, ex partner to um, help pay for school fees, for instance, and the ex partner as soon as there's anything that they disagree with, says, well, that's it. I'm not paying the, insert payment here, school fees. I'm not helping you pay the rates. I'm not going to do this. Uh, And so you find yourself almost being coerced into doing the right thing so that they will keep doing their whatever it is you want them to do. It's really good to get to the court and get orders requiring that person to comply and then you can do what you like, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, you know, it's it's 
it's quite insidious, controlling and manipulative. What does insidious mean? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Laura. Mum. <laughs> all that education. I don't have a law degree. <laughs> What's in, I do have an education degree, so I don't know what means. What word were we stuck with? Quite insidious. Oh, insidious said. means sneaky. Oh, okay. All right. It's sneaky. Oh, you, you don't, don't like really see it. Yeah, mm. it's it's sneaky. Okay, so, so the four types that we're going to be discussing in relation to all sorts of things, like going through mediation and um, it's going through courts and doing all the steps and the stages um we're talking about amicable um divorces avoidant divorces controlling and manipulative divorces and high conflict divorces Mm -hmm. now i think it's important to mention um you know we're not psychologists but but it's what mum has seen over and over again in her 35 years of experience but it's also important to mention that you might not be aware that you're in it yeah and you also might not be in it yet, but if you do tell your partner that you're separating, it may turn into that. And also you might have elements of two or three of them. So Hmm. I guess everyone's different. You might have someone, it it might be high conflict, but it also might be controlling and manipulative, or it could be um, amicable, but also one of them is a a little avoidant on on topics. Like they don't want to discuss anything to do with the house at all. And that they just want to stick their head in the sand, but they're still amicable about everything else. Yes. So there's, yeah. So these are based really on my lived experience through my yep. work life yep. of how, I guess, in my mind, I, I rate the different separations and I can almost predict <laughs> which ones you just have to go to court and get, get done and which ones um, are worth plugging through with correspondence because you will, you know, writing back and forwards and coming to an agreement. Yes. And uh, we talk about that in episode yeah. three or four, where mm. we talk about the stages and the process and, and, and what, what's going to work best for you and yep. how to take the ne- those next steps. It does obviously change your divorce process based yep. on which of those ones you've got. Um, Not in the law, though, of course. The law is written um, as though each party was very reasonable. Yes. (laughs) With a few little uh, elements in there in case people don't follow orders. But the reality is um, that these types are, uh, they're going to uh, create, I guess, the the pathway that you take in applying the law. Yeah. Mm. Now in our, um, we, we've got an online divorce course yes. uh, coming out Very uh, exciting. hopefully by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that we've got a checklist where you can go through and see, okay, do, do I fit this category mm. or are we in this category? Um, so that's something that you can look at if, if you can't see it yet. How, for example, with the avoidant people, what are your top three tips for them? If you've got a partner who is avoidant and you are frustrated and you're pulling your hair out and they want to talk about everything but sorting everything out and moving on, what, what are your top three tips? Get to a lawyer. I think you need a firm lawyer's letter and never sort of threaten something like going to court without actually doing it. The number of times all it takes is just for a single lawyer letter to bring an avoidant sort of person in. It, it, oh, it's really happening. I'd better deal with this. Right. So it's a bit of a wake-up call. A bit call. of a wake-up call. Sometimes, like I said, the letters haven't been opened. The emails aren't mm. aren't getting any cut through. You might then have to start proceedings. And once you've filed an app, that means going to court, file your application in the court. Uh, a lawyer can do that usually for a 
um, I think the filing fees are between five and eight hundred dollars, yeah. and if you're on a pension or if you've got financial financial hardship, it can be less. Um, and you put that application in the court, and then the other person just has to respond. Yeah. And if they don't file their documents in the court, the court has a, a, a procedure where whereby you can ask the court to make an order ex parte. In other words without that other person there. Oh, so you I can thought that really meant without a party. No, That's sad. Ex parte. Everybody wants a party. So so basically what you're saying is the court can go, yep. all right, well, if this person's got their head stuck in the sand, then mm-hmm. we're going to just go with your orders. And what, they, what the court's really saying is as long as we know the avoidant person has been told yep. of the date, the time and the place. So you've got the proof they've done yep. it. Yep, and we have told. that affidavit, yep. And that they know what orders you're going to seek if they don't turn up to court, for instance. Yeah. The court then is entitled to say, well, obviously they don't have a problem with your orders. Yeah. And they don't mind if they go through, so we'll make those orders. I have uh, seen some friends, um, and I've seen it with other people as well, acquaintances, where they've got avoidant uh, ex-partners, and so they just don't do anything for four years. They just leave everything the same. Yes. They've got cars in the same name. Yeah. The house is still together, that, but they're, they're living separately, separate lives. But four years down the track does, or five years down the track, does that is that a good idea or do you see people coming to you that five years later going, why have I not done this yet? <laughs> I think I, I'm never judgmental. I think people take as long as they take to get ready to move on yeah and so you know i I, in my mind um don't tell anyone but don't telling everybody (laughs) just between everybody and i never say it to any clients but i call it the long goodbye okay yeah and and it's and it's often coming from a place of pain yeah um or it might be becoming because the other side's threatening things if you try to move forward yeah but also it doesn't make much difference the only thing is to remember is that any property you get any more if you upgrade your car if you buy a new house at the time of deciding on property settlement it's the property you've got on that day not the property you had when you separated although you'll get some sort of credit for the contributions so what's the stop date so if if they've waited four or five years can they come back four or five years later and say i want half of everything you've got they can they can come back eight nine years later really the stop the stop for for a marriage yeah. is 12 months after you get divorced. Okay. And some people don't get divorced. Right. So what's the stop for a de facto? Well, de facto it's 2 years after separation. Right. And and that's essentially the family court's doors are shut to you 2 years after separation in de facto and 1 year after after divorce, but in certain circumstances, the court may allow you to file, but but it's really hard to let to get an application in out of time, okay. All right. and you really got to do it. I guess you've got to have a good excuse, a good reason. So if you want to, if you want to just go, no, nah, I'm dropping my bundle. I'm not facing this. I'm, I don't want to deal with it. If they come back later and you've, you know, you've, you've made it big, you've got a big business yep, going, they can come back and get half of it. Well, well, not half so much, but they, they can they make can, a claim. And, okay. And when the court says, well, what property have you got? It's all your, the stuff you've got on that day. On that, and that, okay, so that's a good reason not to be avoidant. It is. Um, it but is. obviously, like you said, it's people, an emotional thing. Yes, people will do it when they can, I think. Okay, so yeah. what about um, with 
controlling and manipulative, what are your top three tips for people in that situation? Counseling. Okay, counseling really helps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, counseling together or on your oh, own? Oh, no, 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 on your own. Yep. On your own. So no. go and get some counseling and yeah. talk to someone. Yeah. Um, can you get free counselling, or you can get you a can, you, can, you can get a in Australia plan. you can get a healthcare plan to yeah. psychologists. Ten free just, sessions. Yes, or, yeah. I think is it, is it six? Not sure. Six, and then an additional four, I believe, okay. with Medicare. So that's a very important aspect of it. Um, th- because you need to be aware of the controlling and control and manipulation. It's usually, it's usually psychological, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I think that making darn sure you've changed all your email yeah. um, addresses, passwords, everything, so yeah. that you're not leaving yourself open. And that's what we that go stuff. into next We do go episode. into that. Yeah. Yes. So that's really important. Yes. Um, any, and and any- it's a safety issue. Um, I think the courts are more and more recognising now. Uh, controlling and manipulative partners can be dangerous. Mm. So, and if I you would, feel like you're in danger oh, or word. you're worried about mm-hmm. your safety, you can call straight to the police if it's really urgent and dangerous. Yeah. Uh, we have there's DV assistance services all over Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just Google give them a call violence, and they'll talk call, to you for free. That's and right. They'll give you advice. They'll give you some legal advice, and yep. they'll also point you in the right directions if you need a shelter to go to or yep. somewhere. Um, safe there's a lot of uh emergency support Mm. there available that's right um yeah and and when you do move out and you have if you have moved out a lot of people in a controlling and manipulative uh form well separation process are really better to go and live in an apartment or or something or in a townhouse with a locked community gate just somewhere where you can feel emotionally safe yeah um, to weather this process. And, look, I'm not going to um, sugarcoat it. Uh, that, that sort of circumstance, controlling and manipulative, is going to be the hardest way. Type of divorce. Hate, hardest type of divorce you have. But it will happen. Yeah. Like that Pantene ad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So there's a way out okay. and you can be free. Yeah. Um, but... And a lot of support groups and and go and get some support and some counselling to get you through it. And, and, and you know, I've seen some friends who didn't realise it Mm. until they were out and then they went, whoa. Yep. Um, So make sure you get that counselling. That's really important. It is. And you may find that your friends fall away um, if a controlling and manipulative person has got to them first. Yep. Giving them their side of the story. You may have to get a whole new set of friends. In, in divorce in general, um, and, we, and we, ha- we have in other episodes talked about the difference between divorce and property settlement because mm-hmm. there's two different things, um, but d- is it a shock to people to find sometimes that they, that they do lose friends? It's, a, it, it's hurtful yeah. for people and it really matters. Yes. Um, but pe- friends do take sides. Yeah. And, and some people, I always think, some couples think it's contagious and yeah. so they don't want to be anywhere near when the marriage breaks down. So uh-huh. they're head for the hills. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's hard and it's yucky. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like death. No one really wants to talk about mm, it. It's, that's it's right. Yeah. Death, death, divorce and taxes. It's not something yes. that anybody wants to talk about. <laughs> and so you'll find um, that you become uh, a bit of a pariah, a bit out on your own there for a while, but, mm. but you'll get through it. And, and you've got to stick to your guns and just get right. it done. That's right. And people aren't doing it to you. They're, doing, they're just doing it for themselves. So if yeah. you've got 
couples who are friends. This is really hard. A couple who were friends with you as a couple, the the wife or the female might want to be friends with the female and the male might see the male's point of view. Mm. And it's, so it's just easier for that couple just to, to not have anything to, stay to away. do. Yeah, so, yeah. so don't be sort of too hurt by that. Yes. Uh, I guess they're really collateral damage. And I have seen um, I have seen other friends experience that where later on those friends come back and mm. apologize and go sorry mm. you know so you know and you know you don't have to continue that relationship but I just thought that was an interesting point to raise that yep. that's a, something no one really warns you about <laughs> you think you lose you're just losing your partner but you're actually sometimes also unfortunately losing some friends as yes. well you, you can be very blindsided but I remember one lady years ago and she just she started to cry and she says you know, um, that her partner had, she said, I said to my friend, he's hit me and so now, so now you won't talk to me. Yeah. You know, yeah, really yeah. hard. That so, is heart-wrenching. Yeah. Okay, and the last one, high conflict, any top tips? I know we've talked about putting uh, your phone away, um, getting a different email account. Yeah, and you need a very firm approach to them yeah. in, in law and uh, get the agreement on the little things that you can. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah. And <clears throat> pardon me. And then I think um, you know, just don't fight every little thing. That's that's a character of a high conflict. Pick your battles. They will they will fight over is it seven or seven thirty <clears throat> that they get the children, or is it, you know, uh, Wednesday night or Friday night yeah. that they're going yeah. to have the kids. So, you know, some things it's easier to give in on and get a solution yeah. if if it's going to matter that much. Yes. So like you said, Laura, pick your battles. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Keep, if you, if you keep yourself agree. civil. And one mm. thing is everything you write down anywhere can be used against oh, you. It's like the old American can <clears throat> can and will be used against you. God, social media. Yes. So what's the tip with social media? Don't. Just don't. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, don't Insta, don't Facebook it. it it's really hard, um, but you you should be aware that no matter what you say and no matter how carefully you think you've blocked people, they will find out. Yes. And, 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 it, and it'll be attached to an affidavit in the court before you know it. <laughs> so don't let that be you. Um, I did hear a funny story of a of a of someone who'd taken a photo of themselves and uh, it was inappropriate <laughs> and sent it to their ex. And <laughs> it had to be attached to an affidavit and put in court. Oh, yes. So, you know, just be really careful. Anything you say on social media, someone somewhere will screenshot it, even if you delete it after five seconds and send it. Or if you're texting, it all can come back to roost. Uh, we have a saying, and I'd say it to my clients, don't write or, or don't write or say anything that you wouldn't ha- be happy to have read out loud in court by the judge. <laughs> <laughs> So that's some good of, I mean, I know this first episode seems a little wishy-washy and I know you didn't want to do, I know you didn't want to do this one, mum, but I think for a first episode, I just want people to understand that there are, even though the legal process is the same, there are different ways that it's going to occur. It's the same process, but there's shorter ways, there's easy ways, and then there's going to be, yes, you're in a high conflict, but it's still going to have your outcome. You'll there's still outcome. hope. Yep. Um, and if you're amicable, then it just means you have a shorter process. Yep. And that, it's great. And that, and that I think it's important, and we're going to be referring to those types the whole way through mm. um, so that, you know, every bit of um, tips and steps we give you is going to be relevant to you because you'll be like, well, I can't ring up 
my ex and ask him if he wants to help sell the house because he doesn't speak to me. So we all have that, you know, tips and guide for each one. So um, thank you, mum, for sharing your your insights into... into the types of divorces that we can have. Thank you, Laura, but I hope the next one's more legal. Well, the next one is legal because the next episode is about um, what you should get Mm. sorted uh, financially and and all your documents and what you should be doing before you tell anyone. Another title for that could have been what your lawyer wished you had done before you left. Yes, and your accountant. (laughs) And your accountant. (laughs) What you should do before you left. And look, if you have already left... Um, that's fine and and that you can scroll through all of our episodes and find the level and the the bit you're up to um, Mm. and listen to my lovely mum's advice (laughs) and her 35 years of experience of other many other people that have been through this just Mm. like um, I have and just like mum has and just like you are doing now probably because I don't know why you would be listening to this otherwise that's right so we really appreciate you guys listening and we really hope that you can help us spread the word and our, our aim really for this entire podcast is to help people yep isn't it yep Mum. stay strong and 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 we we want to sort of put this guide out because this is the stuff that you can't really be ringing up a lawyer and asking yeah. all the time at 40 or 50 dollars a phone call So, because phone calls cost money they do reading an email costs yeah. money responding to an email costs money writing a letter costs absolutely. money absolutely so this we just want to help people who who can't afford or yep. don't have the time or just completely overwhelmed, you can just look, pop us on while That's you're driving right. to work. Um, pop us pop us on. Your... And imagine your mum is a family lawyer. Yeah. You can ring up. <laughs> yeah, like my mum. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Write your questions in. Don't ring us. <laughs> yes, so we really appreciate you listening. And if you've got anybody you know who is going through a divorce and, you know, we're going to be there with you, we're going to help you through it, and we hope that um, we can make a difference in Australia. Yes, that's our goal, course. isn't it? The divorce course. All that's right. It. Thank you, well, Laura. Well, thank you for everybody for listening, and we will be back for Episode 2 shortly. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.